Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. It's 1233 at Edmonton. This is Oilers Now where guests receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night of the town, every meal's an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. $99.90, Jasper Avenue. As we bring aboard Sportsnet color analyst Louis DeBrus, brought to you by GCL Diesel, providing genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices since 1972. GCLDiesel.com. Louis, how are you doing? We're trying to get him on the line here, Bobby. Dropped off at a wrong time. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Man. Well, wh- why don't you work on that and just interrupt me as I'm reading these texts? Okay. We'll get to a bunch of texts here just as we're going to transition Louie in. Stoney from Edmonton. Bob, Cassian was the one who missed the coverage uh, for Tyson Berry. Good on you for dodging who actually made that misread. Keep pumping those tires, says Stoney, who also... Who also added, Bob Heishkin is what a $9 million defender is supposed to be. Nurse is overpaid. Simple as that. That one came to us from Stoney. I still think Stoney's upset about Ethan Bear being moved out, if I'm not mistaken. But, uh, yeah, there was, uh, the orders ended up with four guys low on the activation from Barry when he tried to, and it was a big rebound that led to the transition back the other way, and Edmonton got victimized. Um, right shot D, right wing, Stoney. Decent assessment on your part. Here we go. Again, you can text us seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Here we go. Louis DeBrus joins us right now. Louis, how are you? Hey, Bob. I'm doing well today. How are you? Good. The team's fourteen and five. Uh, five three victory last night. McDavid and Drysaddle scoring up a storm, but we still have a lot of fans uh, frustrated. Uh, they're passionate. That's the one thing I will say. They're passionate, but they're uh, picking holes right now in the Oilers team. Uh, give me. Give, I understand. Give me, yeah, you get it. Give me your thoughts on uh, you know the the two games to start this road trip in Dallas and Arizona. Well, you know, I think it's safe to say the Dallas game. You look at that game, and the Stars just came out and executed perfectly textbook defensive hockey, and you know it brought out some frustrations from Edmonton. That was the, that was the reason they got behind in penalties. And sometimes you look at those penalties and you say, okay, I understand that. You know, you're frustrated, you can't get to the inside, but I thought the response in the game the next night in Arizona was much better. Now, the start wasn't as good as maybe they wanted, but once they got rolling, let's face it, the ice was tilted into the offensive zone for Edmonton, and, you know, they just didn't get rewarded for the chances taken to the net, but there was a much more determined effort to win those battles, get to the blue paint, and score some greasy goals, and... It didn't happen for the bottom nine, but the top line came to play, and that was the big reason they won. And sometimes that's just the way you're going to win a hockey game. I put the lines out before the game last night, and, of course, the Oilers didn't have a morning skate in the second of a back-to-back. And Zach Cassian, for the first time this season, up with McDavid and Drysaddle. And, man, oh, man, the vitriol that was out there directed <laughs> towards Dave Tippett. Why does Cassian get these opportunities? And Paul Yarby's getting screwed and all these I mean, you're going to have different matchups and, and line combinations during the course of the season. How would you grade the performance of that line last night? I think it was, like I said, a big reason they won the game. And listen, you know what? Zach Cassie on that line did a lot of great things. 
He was hugely responsible for the screen, actually got an assist because it went off of his body in front of the goaltender, Ray to Dreisaitl. And listen, you got to credit the Arizona Coyotes. They played pretty well. They were playing a stingy, hard defensive game again. And what I liked about Edmonton's game was that they stayed with it. Now, I know in the end they made it close, but for the majority of the second and the third period, it was all Edmonton. They were in the offensive zone for the entire period. And I look at that and say, if you continue to play that way, then you're going to start to get those types of goals, which we saw happen early in the year, Bob, with especially the bottom six and the third line in particular, creating that offensive chance by being that type of a line. They're not going in for them right now. There's a, there's a lot of players right now that are gripping the stick a little bit, the puck and going in for them, and you just have to battle through that and find a way. And I think if you look at the game last night, that was the most impressive thing. With a depleted back end, they went into a building that's on a team that's been playing pretty well lately and just gritted out a win and found a way to win it. And, yeah, the big players came to play. But I like that top line with Cassian there. And I guess for Dave Tippett, he was correct. Four points for each Dreisaitl and McDavid and three points for Zach Cassian in a big night and a big win in the back-to-back situation. Zach Hyman has not scored in the last seven games. Yes, the Paul yeah. hasn't scored in the last eight Yamamoto and Nugent Hopkins have played all season basically with, with dry settle and they got a combined total of five goals. Ryan's on the best power play in the NHL and he's got just one goal all year. Yep. Are you concerned about the lack of secondary scoring right now? I am. I am concerned about it, but I'm I get more concerned about it when when the team plays a perimeter style. And 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 that's kind of why I like the response against the Arizona Coyotes. There was, you know, some pushback from Drysdale McDavid. They were physical. Um, Jeff Jacob Chickren, sorry, not Jeff. His dad was um, very physical against them again in the second game. They saw what Dallas did, and the Arizona Coyotes tried to do the exact same thing. Now their back end isn't as good as Dallas. They're not as big as Dallas in that regard, but they did still make it a difficult night. And I like the resolve of Edmonton. The line of Nugent Hopkins, Yamamoto, and Hyman had some terrific chances and I thought put together some really sound solid shifts in the offensive zone. Zach Kyman, although he's snake bitten a little bit right now, the one thing he's always been consistent at is is working. He works in the corners, he wins those battles, he drives the puck to the front of the net. Warren Fogel's a little snake bitten right now too, uh, Bob, and I'll tell you, I think he's played a couple great games. You, you can see a little bit of the frustration in him right now, but if he continues to do the things that he's doing, using that size to his advantage, I just think eventually you're going to get off that schneid a bit. But I am a little concerned. You know, when you look at the way this team plays, they're not getting rewarded for that type of play where they were at the start of the season, and that's just the cycles that happen during a regular season where you just have to believe, and if you continue to play that game, the, the results are going to come, but uh, I can understand why it's frustrating when they don't because I do think there's been some good games in there and some real nice stretches. They just haven't got the uh, finishing touch. Yeah, I, I, I think in the case of Hyman, because of the net drive, there's going to be some collateral damage which is going to result in goals. Yeah. And I might be inclined to say the same about Fogel. Like, you know, my frustration with Fogel is when he tries to play it backwards in the offensive zone. Yeah. You were brought yeah. into, right? Like, he yeah. has, you know, he's sitting at minus seven. Part of the reason he might be minus eight after last night, I'm not sure if he was. But the bottom line is, one of the challenges it's had, he's led to some of the chances going back the other way. But he, he is a smart player. And when he's taking the puck to the net, you know, a guy like that should end up drawing some calls over time as well. 
Why I'm a cloud. That's a great point. No, that's a great point because that is that's where the frustration does come in. And I truly do believe against Dallas when a couple calls didn't go the other's way, yeah. in particular against McDavid, Dreisaitl. Now, I don't want to say they shut down, Bob. I'm not going to sit here and say, you know what, they turned it off. But you could tell there was a disconnect after that period. There was a disconnect with the top players saying, you know what, you know, we're working pretty hard here to try and generate these chances, and when we don't get those calls, I don't think the officials understand just how competitive these guys are sometimes. And, I mean, this is what they have to deal with on a nightly basis. Um, teams are not going to change. They're going to continue to try and get away with absolutely as much as they can in that regard. And, and of course, they should because that's the only way you're going to slow these two down. But at the right. same time, it, that frustration can creep in and take over your game. And I think that's a little bit what happened with Dallas, too. Now, again, against Arizona, it started to happen early, and they responded, as they often do 99% of the time. But it, every once in a while, it's going to hit you like a brick, and you're just not going to be able to respond the way you want. And I think that's a little bit with that, what happened in Dallas. Um, but the lack of penalties, I think, also is starting to frustrate some of the other guys because that's what gets you into your rhythm. That's what creates those opportunities offensively. You get more touches of the puck on the power play, no question about it. You have more of a feel in the game. And when you're taken out of that rhythm, it can be frustrating as well. McLeod's got three goals in the last six games. Yeah. You seen some progression there with him? Yeah, you know, I'm really liking the way he's skating with the puck. And it's funny. We, we throw the word confidence around all the time with good reason because it's so important and vital. But it's amazing to me, you know, for him, how quickly he started to grasp the concept. He just, he, he's in the right spot. And, and I said last night on the air, I said, there's no question for me, he's the second fastest skater on the Edmontoners. He is lightning out there. He can really motor. It allows him to be in the right position, both offensively and defensively. Now it's what do you do once you're in that position? That was the key factor for Dave Tippett saying, listen, you need to be a little more assertive at times and create, and you have to be drive the line, more to, more to say. And I think he's been doing that. I really do. I think that the confidence is overflowing in him. And Small sample size, Bob, but I really like what I see there. And I see a young player that has all the attributes and the skills and starting to come together. And it's always fun to kind of watch that mesh together and see the, a young player develop. And we're seeing Ryan McLeod develop right in front of our eyes. Uh, how about the play on the two-on-one with Paul Yarvey and him? He's just got to shoot the puck and maybe yeah. the rebound. That'll just come in time, right? That's the one thing, right? And, you know, I would argue that they're, right now the entire Edmonton Oilers team could shoot the puck a little bit more in situations. I think that they sometimes overpass a little bit too much, and it's just that killer instinct to really you know, buckle down and, and get a good quality chance when you create one in the game. And a two-on-one where you don't get a shot on net, that is just a wasted opportunity, and it happens a little bit too often. But I, I agree. I think it's a confidence again. It's just knowing and being ready and understanding that in this league, if you allow a goaltender to set up and have time, your chances really dwindle in beating them one-on-one. So um, you look at the goals that Leon Dreisaitl scores and the one that he scored last night to make it 2-1, I mean, that's it. It's off of his stick in a flashy. And, and Wedgwood still got across and got a piece of that puck. He still got a chunk of that puck on route to the net, and he got it away as fast as you could possibly get a shot away. Um, that, but that's how you have to score in the National Hockey League. Um. All right, I'm going to read this because I didn't see this. Uh, Chris from Sylvan has texted the show. Question for you and Louie, Bob. Uh, he texts us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. About midway through the third period, there was a moment where a Fogel line was changed and the TV zoomed in on his face and his body language and look was not very good, very telling. 
This is a culture thing they need to work through. Thoughts and comments from Louie on this experience from Kristen Sullivan. Well, I was in the building and not, you know, I'm looking down on the ice. I, I did not see that look. Uh, sometimes I think people read too much in a look. I'm going to share one with you, Louie, afterwards that made me chuckle. But did you see that with Fogel? Was he, was, was, I did see it, actually, yes. And and that's kind of what I was talking about earlier, the frustration. Guys gripping the stick a little bit. Okay. And I think, you know, for me, uh, we, we talked about Fogel in the Chicago game. I thought that was his best overall game as an Edmonton Oiler. You know, and listen, the last game he played in Arizona on October 21st, uh, had a beautiful goal and assist. You know, he had one of those big nights. And, you know, I just think, like I said, that frustration can start to creep in there And when you don't get results. When you start to play the way he's been playing, the way he's taken that puck to the net, the opportunities that he's had, and that puck's not going in, then, you know what? It's hard to, to, to not show a little bit of emotion. We saw Colton Sevier last night break his stick twice when he came back. That's where I wanted like, to go next because yeah, that listen, was funny. Here's the thing. Like, you got, like... <laughs> That one was funny. Every yeah, it was funny. I mean, you know what? And I don't mind that passion a little bit. So I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree a little bit with the the texture and just say, listen, these guys all want to be a part of this. They all want to be a part of the solution. They all want to be a part of the winner, and they want to be a factor in the game each and every night. When a player goes into a game every single day, they want to be the best they can possibly be, and they want to contribute. Now. I know that they contribute in a lot of different ways, but for players like Fogel, who hasn't scored in a bit, wants to be on the board. He wants to bury pucks. He wants good things to happen. And when they don't, it comes out. Sometimes it boils over. The key is, for me, what you do your next shift. Do you go out there and let that bother you and take away from the way you're yep. playing and let down? Or do you go out there and ratchet it up even a micro bit more to try and take yourself over that edge. Not easy to do on a night-to-night basis, but I would say from Warren Fogel's perspective, when I watch him play, this is a guy that's battling out there and working hard, and I'm not worried about that with him in particular. All right, so when Sevier busted his stick, the look on Zach Cassian's face on the bench, he broke out <laughs> laughing. That was pretty funny, Louie. Well, you know, because you see, and listen, the, you're laughing with the guy, not Adam. And that's 100%. Right. When, when, you know, in a team atmosphere like that, they're all in this together. They understand and feel each other's pain all the time. And why they're so happy when they see a guy that hasn't maybe scored in a long time score, they're happy for him. They want everybody to be on board like I was just talking about. But, you know, when you see a guy come up that frustrates, sometimes it's pretty hard not just kind of giggle a little bit and say, unfortunately, I understand completely what you're going through because it happened to him in the game where Wedgwood stoned him on the glove hand side and it, you know sometimes you score sometimes you don't but again it can be frustrating when you're getting really good chances because every guy out there understands aside from McDavid, Drysdale and the elite players of the game that get chances every night if you're a third fourth line guy and sometimes second line guy your chances might come few and far between really good chances and you know that so when you don't score one it's painful Louie, have you ever been caught being demonstrative on the ice or at the bench with your coach and ended up in Chateau Bowell in a little bit of trouble? Um, oh, yeah. You know, no question. You know, listen, your emotions can ride over. Your body language can be terrible. And I agree with I, I do agree with the texture. I don't like bad body language. I never had. And I say, I say the same thing to my kid all the time, too. Why are you showing the other team in the world how this game is making you feel and if it's in a negative way? Because then you're just you know, affirming what they're doing is working. So I've always felt that way. I've always felt, you know what, you try and hide that. But listen, like I said, this is a 
competitive, physical, nasty, emotional game, and it just gets the better of you sometimes. You just got to buckle down and go back to work. But I was that way too. My emotions ran over sometimes, and I'd come back, and I had to get a, you know, a licking from a coach from time to time to say, hey, settle down. Yeah, absolutely. Louis DeBrusque. Louis, you still there? All right. Uh, I always have to ask when I'm doing this over uh, the reported app. All right, here we go. Uh, another texter comes in. It's a good point because it allows us to transition. Bob, the cross-check from behind that put McDavid's neck and shoulder into the post when he scored was a big-time miscall, in my opinion, yeah. goal or not. Well, that was uh, Ilya Labushkin, and Drysaddle gave him a little shot. If that had happened, Louis, when you played, if somebody had taken out the best player in the league and cross-checked him in the net uh, 30 years ago, I'm having a feeling it might not have ended very well for Mr. Labushkin. Different time, different game. You know what? The refs should be protecting McDavid in that situation. It was a blatant check from behind in the net. Um, and are you concerned that was, you know, should there, I, I'm not, I don't think there needed to be a greater response at the time. I wouldn't mind the next time if the Oilers play Arizona, maybe somebody run over Labushkin. But yep. I'd like to get your thoughts. What do you think? No, I agree, and I, and and that's why I'm going to reserve like kind of what I want to say from my mentality 30 years ago and to the mentality of today. It's completely different. You're right. It's a different game. So, but I I still wouldn't mind somebody going over there and at least having a conversation with them, just kind of bumping into them. And I'd like to think if Darnell Nurse was in the lineup, I can tell you right now. I just think that especially if he was on the ice in that situation, which he may have been because it was a power play. Yeah, I guarantee you wouldn't have just been Drysaddle pushing, but I love the fact that Drysaddle did push him. I like that he said, hey, that that's not, not good. That's not going to happen. We're not going to take it. But I also agree with you, Bob, that it was a, a very badly missed call. You just can't pile drive a guy headfirst into the, the net. Not that guy. I mean, not well, that guy. Not Come on, man. That's got to be a call. They're calling these minimal little power plays from time to time still that they were emphasizing so greatly at the start of the year they wanted to call. And then sometimes they just let it go. And, again, it's that inconsistency that just frustrates people. It really doesn't. It's because it they like manage games and they don't officiate. We're talking about this way too much. I agree with Connor in that regard because it's just obviously the, the statement's been made and it's like it's time for them to do something about it until they do. It's going to be the same. We're joined right now by NHL Hockey and Rogers analyst Louis DeBrus. Louis, it's going to be a different animal coming up against Vegas. Uh, Vegas has gotten a couple of their bodies back, Pacioretty and Stone. Uh, they still don't have Carlson and Marsha show, so they're down a couple of their top six forwards. I think Martinez is still out for them as well. He took a skate cut that was pretty scary, but uh, it should be a good game Saturday. Oilers need to bring it. Yeah, I think it's going to be a really good game. And you know what it is with the Vegas Golden Knights and every player to a man that plays against them will tell you it's the pace they play at. They play with an energy and pace for 60 minutes. It's always been their M.O. It's been successful M.O. for them. And I expect it Saturday night as well. And that'll be a big test. That'll be a big test for a depleted back end, different pairings, guys that haven't played many games. Young Philip Broberg's going to feel a forecheck that maybe he hasn't felt yet from the Vegas Golden Knights. And they're all good tests, Bob. But uh, certainly, I think... I think Edmonton's going to have to be ready right from the get-go, right from the drop-in puck uh, against Vegas and and play in their end as much as possible. That's where they can exploit them a bit and find those opportunities, and that's what they're going to have to do. Louie, go up into a stand, would you? I will. Have a great day. We'll talk. Uh, we'll see you here next week. All right, no, we'll see you tomorrow. You're hey. going to be in Vegas. I'll see you. You can take Sounds me for great. dinner. Let's do it.
Let's do it. There we go. That's NHL Hockey and Rogers analyst Louis DeBrusque. It's 12.53 in Edmonton. We'll get to some texts when we return as well with the Oilers injury report for James H. Brown. This is Oilers Now. We just had Sportsnet Color Analyst Louis DeBrusque on the show for GCL Diesel, providing genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices since 1972. Bob Stauffer, Brendan Escott with you, 1256 in Edmonton. For you Oilers fans, we got a uh, road trip coming up, courtesy of New West Travel, four-night roadie to the Music City, Nashville, to see the Oilers, uh, see the Predators. It's in the second half of the season. This package includes an exclusive non-stop flight each way with flare airs, four nights in a deluxe hotel, a great Great game ticket and a welcome reception with special guests, all for seventeen hundred and fifty bucks. Join the uh, your chance to go aboard on the Nashville road trip. You can call New West Travel seven eight zero four three two seventy four forty six or go online at newwesttravel.com. All right, into the orders now. Injury report brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. Would Trent Brown be a good president of the Edmonton Elks? James H. Brown Injury Lawyers, unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. Here's Brendan Escott. All right, well, Duncan Keith still uh, day-to-day with the upper body injury. Uh, Darnell Nurse and Slater Cuckoo expected out until around December 11th. We'll see on that front. Mike Smith, week-to-week. I expect we'll get an update on him when the team's back from the road trip. Josh Archibald, Alex Stalock, of course, with myocarditis. And Devin Shore remains out at least through the 5th of December with uh, lower body problems and uh, Vegas as we scroll down the list here not uh, too too bad because they got Max Pacioretty back and I know that injuries had plagued them before Bob but uh, it seems like they're getting there I don't think Marsha so was all that far away but I don't think he's going to play on Saturday either all right, this text comes in. Ashley Finefloor's text line, why is it teams like Vegas can play a heavy pace game for 60 minutes, game in and game out, but the Oilers can rarely play a full 60-minute game? It's weird. Well, the two teams are different. They're different. Vegas is a deeper team. Edmonton's got better high-end talent. And the last time I checked, uh, the Oilers got a better record than Vegas. Let's just see how the Oilers grow the team as the season goes on. Again, some of their support scores. Hyman hasn't scored in seven. Pugliarvi hasn't scored in eight. RNH has got one all season. Yamamoto, four goals in 19 games. And those two guys have played virtually all of their time with uh, a guy by the name of uh, Leon Dreisaitl. Uh, Jason from Sangudo says, Bob, the Arizona Nordiques do have a place to play next year. Quebec from uh, Jason in Sangudo. I'd be stunned if that happened. Houston, to me. If Arizona moved, it would be Houston. Mike says, Bob, uh, we need to bring the goon if the NHL isn't going to protect the stars. Bring back the goon. I'd love to have one on the order's third or fourth line. That that crap would not happen anymore. I was referring to the Labushkin play on Connor McDavid. Well, that's my argument with the league. The league doesn't want fighting in the league, but then they got to protect the best players. And I don't know if there's... Uh, a real commitment to doing that at times. Uh, and there is incredible inconsistency. And the former refs that talk about it don't want to criticize the current refs. And nobody wants to sit there and say, well, they just got to play their way through it. But guess what? That's the attitude. And that's why a lot of people are, would pick a, a team like Calgary to beat Edmonton come playoff time. And the Flames have a good team. And it's not a surprise if you listen to the show. We said that they would be a playoff team this season. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Kevin Robertson. Five minutes time, Kevin Weeks for Canadian Power Pack. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.